0: have a Bible, if you could open up real quick to Luke 15. Luke 15. We are in the middle of a series called Let's Go. And that excites me because we're going. And it is outstanding. Where are we going? If we're going, where are we going? Some people are heading straight to the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what it means whenever we say let's go. When I say let's go, it all comes from when Jesus was in the garden before he was put on the cross, that he was there and he was being pressed and he was going through it. And his disciples kept falling asleep on him. He's like, hey, will you just wake up? And they kept falling asleep. And he went to him three times. On the last time, he said, arise, let's go. And then they went to the cross is where they went. And the goal of this whole series is, Again, like I've been saying, we went an entire year here at West Campus without really telling you to invite your friends to come to church. And I I told you two weeks ago, like that's on me. I hate that. I didn't mean that. I don't know really why we did that. And we're not doing that anymore. It's go time. It is serious go time. And so we're getting some things worked out so that whenever we do go, whenever it is time to talk to people about Christ, whenever it is time to go and invite people, when it is time to share your testimony about what God has done in your life, you're able to do that. And so the first week we talked about denial. That word right there will literally stop you from doing anything for, from, for Christ at all because you're just denying the things in your life that are really going on. You walk around like everything's great and everything's awesome. When the truth is you're dying inside or you have an issue with somebody or something's going on, but you're just like everything's great, it's awesome. And the truth is, that's not true. And you need to come to your senses and wake up and realize that you need help. And when you realize that, God is able to work in you. That was week one. Last week, last week we talked about the prodigal son. And the prodigal son was this joker who told his dad, hey, I'm ready, give me all, give me all my money. Because back in the day, they got to split their money from their parents, their inheritance that they got when their parents died all the brothers would split the money. And so this guy, the, the one of the sons said, "Hey, give me I'm ready. Give me the money now," which is a big deal which we'll talk about in a second. He says, "Give me give me the money now. I'm ready to roll." And he goes and he just goes crazy. He ends up in a pig pen, legit, a Jew in a pig pen. Messed up deal there. Totally crazy thing. And he's like, "I have really messed up." And we saw in verse 17, it says that he came to his senses. In verse 17, he woke up and he realized, I'm in a pig pen. This is a bad situation. I've run away from home. I've given everything up. It's time to go. And then you saw in verse 20, he got up and he went. And last week we talked about how, man, we just, conviction is what we said last week. I don't know if you said it, I said it. Conviction leads to action. Conviction leads to action. When you're convicted, when something is put on your heart, you should do something about it. You should do something about it, period. No matter what that is. Okay, no, no matter what that is. A lot of times we hear about people being convicted about stuff and they don't do anything about it. They just don't do anything. They're kind of like, oh, it's going to be okay. Usually happens around January. When it comes to being healthy, people are like, man... Look at myself in the mirror. I got to do something about it. But sometimes people think just saying that makes you skinnier. Not true, okay. It's a struggle. Just realizing you have a problem doesn't fix the problem. I don't know where our world thought that was like the key to everything. Well, great, step one is admit you have a problem. Awesome. Most people stop right there. I have a problem. High five. Okay, do something about that problem. Like start working on something. If you're convicted, if something is on your heart, you need to do something about it. I think most of our world, they're like, oh, man, life is just hard. High five. Don't do anything about it. So that was last week. Tonight, I want to talk about... We've realized conviction has happened. We've dealt with denying things. We've realized conviction has happened. We want to put it into action. But we're afraid of what's going to come from that action. We're afraid of the response of people. And so I want to read to you first in Luke 23. Luke 23, 39. This is Jesus on the cross right now. Picture all this. Jesus is on the cross. He's got two criminals next to him. And here's what happens. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. So he's just like dogging him out. Just making fun of him. Saying all this stuff. And actually earlier in these verses it says both criminals were up there doing it. Both criminals are up there doing it. Making fun of Jesus. Saying all this stuff. So one of the criminals who hung there said a lot of mean things. Aren't you the Messiah? If you're the Messiah, then save yourself. If you're the Messiah, then then take the nails out of your wrist and out of your feet and go ahead and get down. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. You loser. You can't do that. That's what he's saying. Save yourself. And while you save yourself, save us. But the other criminal on the other side, so you got Jesus in the middle, two criminals. other criminal says, hey, dude, shut up. This is all going on while they're like dying on a cross. Okay, this is like it's a conversation up here on the cross. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. Like they, they are wasting their breath. Like, they're up, like, like for people, for them to talk, they literally have to pull up. Shut up, dude. Yeah. That's what's happening right now. That's real life. Like we read this, we're like, oh, that's a great conversation. No, they're like, this is a workout. They're about to die. They're arguing their final breath. They're having an argument. The other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? <laughs> the criminal, I mean, I, can't, I wonder what he's thinking like. What just happened? Like we were just making fun of him. And all of a sudden, boom, you're on his team. And that's legit what happened. They were both dogging him out. Everything's going crazy. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, do you know who this is? Hello, it's God. It's Jesus. Girl like, for real, bro? For real, bro? <laughs> <laughs> we are punished justly saying we deserve this. Like what we did, bad day. For we're getting what we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Here's what he's saying right there. This is massive, huge. One of my favorite pieces of scripture of all time. Why? Because it shows so much about Jesus in just a few words. It shows so much about Jesus and how much he loves us and how as Christians, check this out, we don't really have to do much. It doesn't take doing something good for us to get to heaven. He says, remember me, remember me when you go into your kingdom. Here's what what you need to think about. What happened that made that criminal realize he was God? I mean, y'all see, y'all lived this out in your own lives. You got two people like making fun of somebody and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would never do that. Okay, this is a beautiful group of amazing people. I would, okay. <laughs> I got up, I'm bad, okay. And you got two people making fun of somebody, then all of a sudden this person stops. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What happened? What happened? What caused this criminal to realize, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not too late for me to ask Christ into my heart and to go to heaven. He realized that on the cross in his final last words. So what was it? Maybe, maybe because Jesus had only a few words up on the cross. Maybe it was him saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Jesus said that on the cross. He actually said it twice before they raised him up on the cross. And then he said it on the cross. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Now, if you're a criminal and you're like just a bad dude and you hear that, you're like, whoa. That kind of softens the heart a little bit. Maybe. To this guy it did. Or maybe he realized that Jesus... Was a really amazing, amazing guy that he was God because when he was on the cross, Jesus, he was taking breath, taking his final strength, and he was taking care of his mother, Mary. He pretty much set up Mary for success when he's on the cross, asking John to take care of his mother. Can you imagine that mother's just, her son is on the cross just being tortured, being made fun of, being hit. All this is going on in marriage is devastation. And Jesus says, Mom, it's, it's okay. You're going to be taken care of. That criminal is probably like, holy smokes. And we're making, and you're making fun of them through this. Or maybe it's whenever he says, Father, talking to God, saying, Why have you forsaken me? Jesus is crying out saying, this is horrible. Why have you forsaken me? Realizing that he is God. And that criminal saw all of this happen. And there was something in there. We kind of read this and miss this. But as I read it, I'm like, holy smokes. His heart has been softened. And because of that, look in verse 42 and 40. In 42, he says, hey, Jesus, remember me. He's pretty much saying, I seriously am so sorry. And then in verse 43, Jesus says to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Saying, hey, bro, when you die here in a few seconds, you're going to be in heaven. Guys, there is so much significance in that as a Christian. So much gold right there. You don't have to do much. Like a lot of other people and a lot of other religions say, you have to do all these things to go to heaven. You have to to do this and do this and do this, or don't do this, or don't do this, or don't do this, or don't do this. This This shows that the criminal just said, I have messed up. I realize that you are God. He didn't come down. They have a baptism pool over here and they baptized him. Some people say you have to be baptized to go to heaven. Not true, based on the Bible. You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. Baptism going under the water, coming, you don't have to be sprinkled or whatever it is that people may say that works. None of that. Baptism is a symbol of you accepting Christ, of you going underwater and coming back up, looking like Christ dying and rising again. It's a symbol. That's it. Significant, guys. But the significance of this is also that, why did the criminal wait so long? That we don't know. At least I don't know. Why did the criminal wait so long? I I, I can't answer that question. And maybe you're like this criminal, and you're thinking, I'm just going to wait another day to accept Christ. I'm going to wait another day to do this. I'm going to wait another day to talk to this person about Christ. I'm going to put it off another day. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I want to put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. What if you were like the other criminal on the other side and you waited so long that it was too late because that criminal didn't go to paradise. Well, where did he go? He went to hell. Well, why would God send him to hell? Why does God send good people to hell? Because those good people don't know Christ. And those good people didn't accept Christ in their heart. Well, why would God do that? He didn't do that. They chose that by not choosing Christ. You want to argue with that? You'll lose. God doesn't send people to hell. They choose that by not choosing him. So the other criminal waited too long. When we wait too long, that is devastating to the Christian walk, to your Christian witness. Devastating to the people around you when we wait too long. And the main reason that we wait too long for anything in life, anything, anything, is because we are afraid of the reaction of the other person. Perfect example in my life. I knew that my grandfather was not a Christian. And I said, I'm just going to wait. I'm just, because my grandfather was very influential in my life. And me, his grandson, having a conversation with him, and this is the grandfather on my mother's side. The grandfather on my father's side, very strong Christian, and is the reason that I accepted Christ. But my grandfather, my mother's side, was not a Christian. And I knew that. And he got really sick. And I knew that. And I waited. And I waited. And I never said anything to him. Because I thought, oh, I'm just a teenager. Oh, I'm just in high school, oh, I'm just in college, or oh, I'm just in my 30s. He doesn't want to, I don't want to have that conversation with him. It's just, I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to make fun of me. I mean, y'all know, you've done, you've thought these things. What are they going to say? What are they going to do? Is he going to, I mean, what? this is my grandpa. Like he like molded this, like we hung out, we did cool stuff. I mean, y'all know, I hope if you didn't get to hang out with your grandparents, I'm so sorry, you'd be an awesome grandparent later on in life. Man, he, he was awesome. I didn't call him. And I waited. And I got a phone call three years ago. Three years ago. It's my sister in the hospital with my grandfather. answer it. I don't know what's going on. I know that he's not doing good. I didn't call him. A, I'm a pastor just by the way. I didn't call him. I didn't go visit him when he was sick. So my sister calls me and says, hey, Grandpa, do you want to talk to him? And I'll never forget it. And, and I talked to my wife about this yesterday. She said, I really don't even remember this. Because I'm so ashamed of it. That's the real deal. So I go out into my garage and I'm on the phone with him and I was like, "Hey, Grandpa!" And he called me Tex, ever since I was little. I don't know why. It was kind of cool. I thought I was cool. Wore boots. Let's go. Hey, Tex, my grandpa's dying right now. When he's on the phone with me, of cancer. He's he's dying. I said, "Hey, I. How you doing? Stupid question. I'm dying, obviously." Do you know Christ? That's what I said. Do you know Christ? Do you know where you're going to go when you do die? I waited that long, guys. I waited that long. He goes, you know, there was just a guy in here, and he was just talking to me about him, and I do now. And, man, I, I, I oh, you know? And I, I know right now, based on what he told me, that in his hospital bed before my grandfather, Michael has grandfather, passed away that that he is he's in paradise right now he's in paradise he's in heaven paradise equals heaven we wait so long because we are afraid of the reaction we wait to talk to god Because we're afraid of his reaction. Conviction leads to action. But then we stop because we're afraid of the reaction. There are people in your life that you have come in contact with that you know you need to say something to them about Jesus Christ. You know you need to say, hey, um, you want to come to this thing called Live? There's a few hundred people there. It's pretty cool. There's a band and this dude talks and he's whatever. Uh, It'd be, you should come. You are afraid. Legit. I know it. I've done it. I lived it. I get it. To do that because you're afraid of their reaction. And what you're doing now is you're thinking, I hope, man, maybe someone else will. I need to wait for the right time. I need to do all this stuff. Well, what happens? What happens when you wait too long and that person doesn't make it to the next day? Let me just tell you the guilt that will be on your heart. And I don't say this to scare you. I say it because I'm talking real life right now. These are real things. And there are people, there are people every day that we pass that you know that the conviction that something is put on you to say, hey, um, (laughs) dude, you need Christ. And they may be like bad stuff to you. They may cuss you out, flip you off, punch in the face. Defriend you, unfollow you. I mean, you, your life may be over. Who cares? Are you kidding me? We, this is no joke. I have talked to, you're laughing. This is not the laughing time or the time to talk to the person next to you. Because I'm talking real life. We wait to do things because we are afraid of what the reaction's going to be of you on social media. These are real life things I'm talking about. And I'm not saying that's stupid. You need to hear me. I understand kind of where that comes from. But you also need to understand that social media doesn't go to heaven with you. Like when you're in heaven, you're not going to be on Instagram because you're not going to care. When you're in heaven, you're not going to worry about texting. When you're in heaven, you're not going to worry about sexting. When you're in heaven, you're not. And kids, if you're like, I don't know what that is, ask your parents when you get home. If you don't know right now, you know, you, they'll know when you get home. Well, what would you learn that? Church. Great. Better than MTV. Get mad at me. But we don't do things, listen, this this message right now could save someone's eternity. We don't do things because we're afraid of people's reactions. There's one reaction that matters in all of life. And it's God's reaction. Nothing else matters. If you can figure that out at your age... And maybe some adult age. Can you imagine what God will do in your life if you say, "I'm done worrying about what people think"? There are people right now that are going to hell, and hell is real. I know all the time we just talk about heaven, and heaven is so great, and heaven this, and heaven this, heaven this. Okay, well, hell sucks. He just said hell and sucks in the same sentence. I did, because it's real. You're more worried about that than you are your friends going there. There's people, there's Christians getting all upset because of all these things that pastors are doing. Michael had said this. Michael had said this. Michael had up. Uh, <laughs> right, shut up. There's people going to hell. How about you get mad about that? Let's get mad about people going to hell. That's amen to me. Let's get, yeah. Let's get mad about that. There are people right now that are going to hell because we're worried about reactions. Well, let me show you a reaction. Let me show you an amazing reaction. Luke 15, 20, verse 17, when he came to his senses, we're back with the prodigal son right now. When he came to his senses, he's like, I'm in a pig pen, holy smokes. Verse 20, so he got up and went to his father. When we come to our senses, we get up and we do things, hopefully. Some of you in this room, you accepted Christ. You've accepted Christ right here in this room. You came to your senses and what did you do next? You stood up and you went to the father. Not Landon, not go see my friend, no, he's not the father. Go see my friend Landon, no. You stood up saying, I'm ready to accept Christ, and your life is forever changed. He says he realized there was something in his life, he realized I am in a serious mess. And so, what did he do? He got up and went to his father you imagine what he's thinking right now? He is probably so stressed out about the reaction of his father, right? I mean, you run away from home, you take all that money, put yourself in that position, okay? Hey, peace parents, thanks for the two grand, I'm out, heading to Katie Mills, gonna get some free chicken. You want some chicken? Yeah. You know, you know, okay. And you go in these stores and you're just like spinning it and you're like whoa, you invite your friends, man, like whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, you're so excited. You're like, two grand, seriously? Okay, whatever. 20 grand. A million dollars. You're just like, "Ah!" you bought four new cars. You wrecked three of them. Pay for it. Hanging out with your boys, whatever, you're going to hush. Old nightclub used to be around here. And you're you're like doing it. You know, you're like, oh, you got girl, you know. Or if you're girl, you got boys. And then all of a sudden you're like, where's my money? I'm in jail. What do I do? You know what you're going to do. You are scared to make that call. Don't call me. I like God bless you. I ain't got time to come to jail. Alright, I'll come, but it'd be a bad ride home, okay? I'm just telling you right now, you better call your parents. Call me too. I love, I would love that. That'd be great. You're in the pig pen. You're in the big pen. You're like, I gotta call my dad. I gotta call my mom. I gotta call my grandpa. I gotta call my grandma. I gotta call whoever it is. And I don't want to make that call. Hey, <laughs> uh Hello? Well, where have you been? Uh, I'm in jail. <laughs> what would you all that money? Gone. Seriously? Yeah. Can you come pick me up? Down, down. That's the prodigal son. Look at the reaction, because I guarantee he was stressed, of the father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. Shocking things in this story. The first one is that the son asked for the inheritance early. You don't do that. That's pretty much like saying, I don't care about you. You're dead to me. Give me my money. The father did it. Second thing, shocking, shocking that you don't even see. That is not right. It is not custom. These things are not, you don't normally do this. The, the prodigal son's worried about the reaction. And the crazy thing that we see right here, the shocking thing is the father's reaction. These people, the Jews, did not run. They did not run. They never ran. When you saw somebody running, that was bad. It was unlawful. You weren't supposed to. What did the father do? He didn't care about anything. He didn't care that he went away and took the money. He didn't care about that. He ran to his son. And as a father, I get that. Like, oh man, I'm so glad you're home. It's okay, don't worry about it. I know that you wrecked all this stuff. I know that you screwed up. It's okay, look what happens next. He hugs him. He has just been in a pig pen. His father is like, grandpa Jew. You don't touch dirty things, especially pig stuff. And he hugs him. It doesn't matter how bad he stinks. It doesn't matter how, how, just nothing. He just grabs him and he hugs him. And then look what it says. It says, and he kissed him. You don't do that. Can you imagine what the prodigal son felt like in his father's arms because the entire time when he ran away and he did his thing he just was like oh my dad's gonna kill me oh man oh and then the reaction of the father is amazing and if you notice here the story shifts from the actions of the son to the reactions of the father And in our lives, we've got to take the thoughts and all the stuff off of us, and we need to give it to God. We've got to give it to God. In this room right now, there are people that you are so worried about the reaction of somebody else. Tonight, stop. It doesn't matter. Walk in that freedom. Who cares what people think? Look what he thinks. You're like, I don't understand, Father, because my father is not a very good father. My father, I've never met him. Hello, I'm there. I'm right there with you 100%. But I met my father when I was 13 years old, and his name is Jesus Christ. And when I met him, he took me, a dirty, disgusting person, with all of my junk. And he's still holding me today. in this room right now there are people that you think you have done the worst of the worst of the worst of things and that God this God thing that you keep hearing about is not going to accept you or that you keep messing up and it's like man I'm not doing this I'm not doing this well just let me tell you you see the reaction of that father that's the same reaction of our father he wants us he wants to hold you he wants to take you no matter what you've done no matter what's gone on he sees you as pure he sees you as amazing He sees you as wonderful. He sees you as white as snow. He sees you as faultless. He sees you as beautiful. He sees you as his princess. He sees you as the man. He sees you as everything opposite of how you see yourself or other people have said you are. That is what you need. And tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to go to your Father. With no one looking around right now.